Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 23 of Y'all Let's Address. I'm your host, One S Jess, and today Matt and I sit down and we talk about him signing with the Kansas City Royals, what free agency is like, and country music. officially knowing where Matt is going to be playing baseball in 2023. Am I supposed to say something or you? Well, <laughs> you do this every single time. The start, any any episode that you and I do, it's so awkward in the beginning because you act like you don't know that I pushed record. Well, you're the host. Okay, and I said that and yeah, you could have been like, yep, I signed with... Oh, I signed with Kansas City, the Royals. See, there, you should have done that. That's what you wanted me to do. I'll yeah. just have to start it off uh, like a fill-in-the-blank game. Yeah. Like that's what she said, yeah. podcast edition. Yeah, I like fill-in-the-blank. Got it. All, all noted. So, yeah, officially done with the free agency process. Do you feel like it was what you were expecting, what you weren't expecting, didn't really know because it was the first time? Mm, I didn't really know what to expect, I guess. Uh, I think it was good. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know what to expect either. I think the one thing that I didn't realize was going to happen, and it might be different for different players, different situations, but pretty much all communication was done through Scott, your agent, which I I would assume that's pretty typical. Uh, I mean, I talked to a a couple – other teams but yeah yeah everything started all the all the base work was groundwork was done through my agent yeah and when would you say things kind of and honestly I think I said too like a long time ago that we would maybe talk about it on here more free agency but honestly it was not very eventful and I don't mean that. I don't mean that in a bad way. There were a handful of teams, if not more than a handful of teams, that called Scott and were interested in you and quote checking in on you. But other than that, it just was like slow. Slow is the only term I can think. You know what I mean? Like it's not like it was every day. I would say most of the time we didn't even think about it up until the last week of when Scott was like, "Okay, now is kind of the time where your window is." right now or kind of pass so there's two offers on the table table let's make a decision kind of thing yeah I, I mean I think right he was gathering gathering the list for us of teams that were interested and then out of the teams interested the ones that sent in like official offers once that started coming through it kind of felt like it was time to get closer to a decision and took a couple of weeks on that and then once it does kind of get, I don't know, to your profile type player, maybe it um, teams start to somewhat not a hard deadline, but like, hey, we need to we need to know what his decision is, and uh, kind of ran down to that maybe. Yeah, because and I think too, kind of how I visualize it is all of these teams have 
what they call like a draft board or not a draft board, sorry, of free agent board of different players that are free agents that they probably have on a list from top to bottom of who they or in order of who they would want the most. So that's what I kind of envision of when they kind of started giving up. It wasn't you didn't even necessarily get a hard deadline. It was just teams being like, hey, we want to know what he's if he's going to make a decision in the next whatever, 48 hours. And then at that point, and that's just how I envision it because they want to give a timeline on you because if you don't sign them, they want to sign the guy that's below you on their board. I mean, I have, I'm speculating because I've obviously never, I'm, I haven't been in the front office of a baseball team yet in my career, so I, I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, I don't know what it looks like either, so. But anyways, I that's that, That's like my takeaway of kind of how, and I know that's very surface level on how it worked but I guess so I guess so I kind of give a timeline right after I'm trying to think beginning of December or no I guess when we were in Hawaii so middle of February or November is kind of when I think more teams started to call and quote check in around winter meetings so like first week of there were like a couple before that but I think majority of the teams were kind of because agency goes to the winter meetings they Mm -hmm. have guys that are going through arbitration they have other free agent guys they have guys with other other teams and i don't know winter meetings is just kind of the gathering of all that's where everybody is like yeah anywhere from cleat company bat companies to all the way up to the front office baseball operations everybody's typically usually at the winter meeting. Yeah. So that's kind of a place where a lot of conversations start to gain some traction. And I think that's when it started to gain a little bit more traction is first week of December, which I guess that was kind of close to when we were in Hawaii, but. Or right after. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I have a lot of things running through my mind. Oh, I guess the next thing. Okay. So I think breaking down. So Got an offer from the Royals and the Mets. I assume that's okay to say that. I don't see why not. But um, kind of what was your... Oh, let me back up. I know what I was going to say. Did you ever feel... And I think I kind of know the answer to this. But did you ever feel... Not anxious. That's not the word I'm looking for. But did you ever feel pressure of like, oh man, it's getting close. Like it's getting down to crunch time. It's after December and I still don't know where I'm going. Did you ever have that? Like, okay, I just want to make a decision so it can be done with kind of thing. Because the Royals too came out of literally left field bleachers where they hadn't even really been calling and checking on you from what I remember. And then I guess called Scott and then Scott was like, okay, you better basically kind of be aggressive with it. And they sent an offer within a couple of hours. And I mean, that was kind of that. It was a really good offer. offer, Yeah. Yeah, So sorry. I, do you understand what the question, what I'm asking? Repeat the question, please. Did you ever feel like the pressure Pressure, or the need to make a decision or, I don't think so. Like, yeah, I mean, there's guys that sign like a couple days before camp, the, during camp so yeah. like I think I always knew going into it that it could potentially be where I don't know where I'm going to go until a couple of days into the beginning of camp do I want it that way no uh but I was just kind of I guess I was just kind of waiting for something that felt right yeah. and I don't know the way everything worked out like I have some history with Kansas City got drafted by them out of high school <laughs> obviously 
did not do that. They don't even have that many rounds anymore. In the 48th round. They don't even have half of that many rounds anymore. (laughs) So obviously went to college uh, and everything worked out for me from there. But like I was like obviously familiar with them, right? Like I drafted by him. Um, the, the scout, scout that, yeah. the scout that drafted me, I played on his scout team senior year of high school. Um, out of I, I think, basically we're, I think we're based out of like Nashville, maybe. Well, it was and an it was a where, regional. So playing with Kansas City Royals scout team in high school, that's where Scott Hall actually found me from Belmont University. So that's a cool connection. So I'm pretty sure that Scott Hall and Sean Gibbs know each other, um, just from you know those years of him scouting me uh and then there's a couple coaches in the organization that I already knew drew sailor he was my manager in um uh 2016 in rancho cucamonga so very familiar with him who he is the uh hitting coordinator for uh all of minor leagues um so it's cool to know him um uh, melissa lambert she's a strong mind um I guess that's the title you would say. That's what she was with. She was an intern under oh, really? the head um, strong mind guy at uh, with the Dodgers organization. And then uh, Keone Durine. Durine? Ah, gosh, I don't know. Sorry, Keone. Probably not. I doubt he's not good. <laughs> uh, but he was my, he was my uh, fall league hitting coach in 2017. And funny story about that is we ran into him in Hawaii. Yeah. And like free agent, he was like, you're a free agent. Or like, I was talking to another hitting coach who was a part of the fall league was asking Keone for my number who happens to work for the Mets. So So like the baseball world, it's just so connected. And like, it's like there's 30 teams and then hundreds and hundreds of people in each organization from the players to the staff. But that circle kind of connected right there. Um, and I've always, I've always thought like it'd be cool to play for Kansas City again and kind of circle back around to where my career almost started in high school. And you know, they gave me a really good offer. And obviously, I'm not on the 40 man, not on the 26 man, but um, I feel like if I can be the player that I can be, then I have a really good chance of making that ball club and hopefully making an impact. Yeah. So basically, all breakdown what like a minor league contract and or a split deal like that's that's kind of what guys like Matt meaning oh guys that have a lot of big league time but either got DFA well, take it's not it off necessarily a split deal well no but no I know but it's, it's a minor league contract it's a minor league contract but it's the reason it's called a but, split deal because they you, they put they throw out numbers for both they throw out numbers if you're in the your minor league salary is this is what you're yeah. Non 40 man minor league salary is. This is what your 40 man minor league salary is. Yeah. And I know that's really confusing, but that's, but that's basically what it is. It is a minor league contract with an invite to spring training base salary for minor leagues, which is in Omaha, Nebraska. So it'll either be in Omaha or Kansas City, depending on how things go. And then there is another like base salary for if Matt's in the big leagues. That makes sense. Yeah. And so, like, if I do have a good spring or if I do have a good AAA um, season and they do put me on the 40-man roster, 
that picks up what my rookie contract is, which can be confusing. So like it's, it's written down as a one year deal, but if they, well, a one year minor league contract, but if they purchase the big league portion of that contract, I go back into team control of the team unless they like, if I were to end the season with the Royals on their 40 man roster, then well, one in the middle of the season, I still have an option so they can option. They could option me up and down anytime they want. Um, and then two, if say I ended the season with them, um, then they could decide to take me to arbitration or non-tender me. And they would, I think they would have two more years of control of arbitration. So this season, next season and the 20, 25, 25 season. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I just think sometimes too, it's hard to think about all. You can't be an unrestricted free agent until you get six years of service time. Which means what? Which means you are not on your rookie contract anymore, I think. But I don't what, know. It's, all, it's super confusing. But even if that, if you're a non-restricted free agent and say it's someone like you, say they have six years of big league time, but whatever, they got DFA'd or non-tendered, like that doesn't necessarily guarantee that they are going to sign on a big league contract. Yeah, but if they get called up with that, if it was the same situation as I'm... You're out of options. Out of options, out of arbitration years. So you would, regardless, you would be a free agent the following year. Right. Those are year-to-year contracts, no matter what, and or if you signed an extension or more than a one-year deal, obviously. Yeah. So that's somewhat of an intriguing part for Kansas City, too, is if they do put me on the roster and they... If I do have a good year, like... They could just, I could still be, quotations, a cheap player or whatever. Yeah. Obviously making a little bit more than a rookie contract, but. But also with league minimum going up too, it's like one of those things that baseline arbitration or baseline um, major league salaries that they do in these minor league contracts, there's not that big of a gap anymore because league minimum was increased in the last CBA. Some people that are listening to this are probably having no idea what we're talking about. I just think too, some still learning from it too. Yeah, no, for sure. And we, we learn a lot too. I think it's just like important to say, I think some people see like minor league contract and they're thinking, Oh my gosh, like, which you might not, you might not ever be on the big league team. That's all. That's a possibility, but it's, I don't, it's just different. Like people don't realize it's, it's a lot more than that. It starts at that because once you're taking off of a well, 40 man and you're a free agent. The problem with like guys in my category, like, yes, we've proven that we are big league players that we can hitters. For instance, we can hit big league pitching. We can play big league defense. We deserve to be on a big league roster, but in the middle of the season, it's a little bit different because it's not technic it's not it's a 40 man roster but there's a handful of guys that are on the 60 day IL and in the off season that's okay so the 60 day IL can uh if a guy gets put on the 60 day it creates a new roster, roster spot. spot for the team so 40 man rosters at 40 you have a guy that 
uh, requires Tommy John surgery. He's obviously going to be out for more than 60 days. So you put him on the 60 day IL and instead of having to cut somebody, DFA somebody, it creates a open spot quotation, open spot for another 40 man spot. So you can call up a minor league or you can call up somebody on the minor league contract and call up a rookie, um, so it just it basically opens up a roster yeah. spot. So that's what happens in the off season is, and that's also how teams don't like just completely hoard players, I guess, too. So like it's a good thing. Um, so it kind of spreads it out a little bit. But th- there might be, I don't know Kansas City's situation, but there's teams that obviously have guys that are on the forty man roster, but are going to start the season on the sixty day IL. So. But your roster has to be set at but your 40 roster has to at be a certain set. date during the offseason. Yeah. So that's what ha- happens with a lot of non-tenders in the offseason. You're like, wow, that guy got non-tender. I don't know. There's We could we could talk for probably <laughs> 48 hours about all the different yeah, and people and we don't even know anything. Yeah, I, I and mean, I think, we know stuff. But yeah, like, and I think that's hard too. Like, we should have Scott on here. He we should, talk so I, I would love to have Scott on here. Um and I, I probably will if he, my agent. if he would come on. But I think I think that's the thing, too, is it's so frustrating trying to ex- – I don't want to say frustrating because, like you said, we're still learning some ins and outs of it that we had no idea when you were drafted. And so I get it. There's no way everyone can know anything, but everyone – wants to talk and ask questions but then like get bored by when I am trying to explain all of it to them (laughs) and then that's like frustrating because I'm like I don't know how else to talk to you about this without breaking it down like that yeah does that make any sense anyway so so sorry if that was a a rant or an an explanation of things that no one really wanted or asked for. But I think it's just important that again, I, I think I've talked about this. We've talked about this a few times on the podcast and I know that I have written about it either on my blog and, or just in my like to be published book one day about just how things it's not as simple as you need an alias for that book. Why? I'm just kidding. Um, you don't want me to put my name on something that I wrote? It's yeah. just the truth. Like, I, w- I wouldn't tell anything that's not the truth. You don't want your name attached to it? Is that what you're saying? I'm just kidding. Are know. you, though? I don't really know. I would have to read it first. Well, yeah, of course. But I think sometimes I just try to maybe, and it maybe sound defensive when I do it, but I try to explain things so everyone can get like a general scope of, I think people think sports are, you go out there and play and you do what you're supposed to do and you will play, you will be on the team, blah, 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 blah. And, and to some extent that's true. Um, but then the other side of it is there are a lot of different moving parts in all of this that is so out of your control. Anyways, I don't know how, I don't know what that has to do about contracts because this is a happy thing. We are excited about the Royals. Anyways, I just kind of wanted to explain that. Like just because something is attached a minor league deal, that's not, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Like you said, if you go out and play and do what you're supposed to do in a really good spot. And I think that was the biggest thing. So like I said, Mets, Royals were the official offers. And kind of like you said too, I, I was never worried about where we were going, what was going to be happening. Like I knew that you were going to have a job. I was never once worried about that part of it. Um, I was really excited, not going to lie, when the Royals came through because 
I did not want to go to New York. That sounds so bad, but like, I just did not. And nothing against the. I mean, I don't know anything about it. Not 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 even about the Mets. Like just New York in general. I was like, we have done the whole LA thing, and that just felt very much like that for everything for me and the dogs. And I was just like, I mean, I'll do it, of course. But I was just like, oh, I couldn't imagine living in the city with two dogs. And you're not going to say anything, and that's fine. Anyways, but then as far as, like, the well, other... Uh, you could live in, like... I don't know. That would be a tough commute. You wouldn't, We wouldn't live in the city if... Yeah, but is there a, a suburb of New York? Like, but is there something that's not crazy crowded and well, expensive yeah. and... I mean, I don't know about the expensive part, but... I mean, yeah, that, that had nothing... To, I say all of that, but it's that... not all downtown. Yeah, I don't know. Downtown. <laughs> I don't even think that is considered downtown New York City. I would not even call that a downtown. It's a, I don't even know. I, I say all of that, but none of that even really influenced the decision, to be honest. I think it just came down to, and again, I'm not wanting to speak for you, but I don't know if you would be as direct as I am with some things, but <laughs> the Mets felt, well, first of all, the Kansas City offer was just a better offer flat like point blank but then the other side of it too like after we talked as much as like going and play for a team like the Mets that are going to be in contention of course that it just felt very much the same situation that you have been in and now that's not a good thing like being on winning teams and being around future hall of famers is obviously a great thing but it's like at the same time just the Royals just felt like a fresh of breath air is that the right saying yeah a fresher breath air of a breath pressure yeah like just something different of being like I don't know just felt different and the same thing with you I think from the beginning too I knew and you probably did too that there was going to be a little bit of a gut decision with it just because it, obviously it comes down to where do you think you have the best opportunity to play but that's also really hard because it's not guaranteed you don't know that so then if you're dealing with someone like the Mets Big money organization, obviously. They're all in. They want to win a World Series. And so you're competing with that. I think what you're saying is the Mets, it would be a more defined role. Yeah. A similar role to what I've done my career. Which is not a bad thing. Like Like, Dodgers, left-handed bat, off the bench. um, Can play some corner outfield, first base, third base, like – it's more of a defined role, and it's just like this small bubble of a role. Um, probably a, a lot less chance. So, like, say I were to have the same exact spring, same exact um, beginning of the AAA season, if I were to get called up for the Royals and had that, I would have more of a runway to get more playing time with the Royals and kind of like, spring shot my career a little bit whereas with the Mets it would just be kind of more of the same that I've done the past four or five four years three four years I don't know 19 20 21 yeah better part of four years yeah four seasons yeah Yeah. but it would be it would be more of that where I don't know it's it was very intriguing to hopefully potentially do what I can do in spring training, do what I can do if in April and May of AAA season, if that's what it comes to, and hopefully make a big league roster and be the player that I can be. And it 
should hopefully like spring shot yeah. my career a little bit and get more consistent playing time, uh, which it could also just turn into something. Yeah, where, you don't know. That's where, that, yeah. Where uh, you don't you, you don't know how the season's going to unfold, but it just seemed like a better opportunity for me in my career, and that's the where we came. Yeah. Across that and the other side I was going to say is too, is anytime you're trying to make a decision like this and you're trying to figure out what feels like the best opportunity, that's impossible to do. Cause if you have someone like the Mets and it's big money and you're constantly going to be competing with teams that have big money that can go out and get whatever player they want to. And then the other side of it is organizations that aren't big money organizations. They usually rely on their younger prospect guys and with that also comes maybe a different leash for those young guys so they can see what the younger guys can do in the major league so anyways I say all of that because it's not as cut and dry as (laughs) but in the end you have to go with what feels like a little bit better of an opportunity and what just feels different and I think that's essentially what it came down to okay anyways I'll get off this soapbox that think Matt is thrilled that I got on uh next subject um I, I was gonna ask you do you remember when you were drafted in 20, 2011 by the Royals I was in Chick-fil-a I don't remember who I was with where Daniel? in Jackson Paducah. <laughs> oh Paducah who was I with like someone just called Dale? you and said Peter hey we Dale just drafted you it was probably uh Sean Gibbs the scout I, yeah. I think it was him because I was trying to remember, and I do not remember. I, I don't I got a remember. Phone call. Yeah. I got a phone call. I didn't, like, I don't remember seeing it. Maybe my parents were watching it on the yeah, computer I don't know. feed or something and got a picture. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just know I was, I'm pretty sure it was a Chick-fil-A. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I obviously remember where, I, I remember you signing the letter of intent or all your paperwork for Belmont, but I don't remember. I don't remember that. You don't remember that? It was at your house. It was at that your house, y'all's house in Dresden, but I don't know. I remember that, but that would make sense. I pro- I wasn't with you yeah. at whenever you were drafted. I just, um, anyways, but yeah, that that's a really cool thing. I know you went to a little, um, I was laying in bed, just woke up that morning when I signed the 2023 one. For the world. <laughs> I hope you remember that one because that was uh, like two weeks ago. DocuSign. <laughs> no, DocuSign. DocuSign oh, how things have changed. Yeah. Everything probably had to be not faxed in 2011 or not. It's not that wasn't that long ago, but well, that's different. Had to be I never scanned. signed anything like a Well, no, 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 no. But, but if yeah. you did, it But probably, I got a phone call like, yeah. hey, we're going to draft you. Yeah. And I said, what round? 48th. <laughs> and oh. you're like, cool. I didn't know there were that many. You weren't you weren't the last one, whatever they, I don't know what baseball calls that. Football. It was 50. Yeah. It was 50 rounds. Yeah. But then. anyway, so yeah, that that could potentially be a really cool thing. I know you went to the stadium and they had like a, was that a pre-draft thing that you went to or? It was a post-draft workout. Oh, okay. But yeah, we got to, it was a two-day workout. Uh, I guess it was also to kind of showcase a little bit more. Yeah. For certain guys, and then maybe potentially earn some more money in the draft, or I don't know. But got to go to a couple games, sat behind home. They gave us real nice seats, sat behind home plate. Got to go down on the field during batting practice. Met Eric Hosmer, Mike Moustakis, Alex Gordon. Hmm. Uh, shoot, uh, 
definitely some more guys, Salvador Perez, like Yeah. Um but that was cool to meet those guys and um at that time, like all I knew really was just like high school baseball, travel ball, all of that and Yeah. Um I don't know. That was cool to yeah, see no, that. Uh, yeah, I I wasn't there for that. So it'll even though be... I didn't get drafted, I think that kind of like really put another gas on the fire. Like, man, I want to be on this field one day. I want to I want to do exactly what these guys are doing. So that was a really cool experience yeah. that the Royals did back in 2011. Yeah. So um, I I have not marked that stadium off yet. So it's a cool stadium. Hopefully, I know. Yeah. Hopefully that'll scoreboard be one. in center field with the like. The crown on yeah. top of the yeah. scoreboard, fountains in the outfield. It's a graveyard. Well, I remember in high school, and so obviously a lot bigger than Dresden High School baseball field <laughs> dimensions. But uh, you haven't played there. It's no. no why would you? Cause the that's only AL. AL Central I've played yeah. at is uh, Cleveland. Okay, yeah. It's not April. <laughs> if if we were there, April May are not the same weather as. Southern California. Yeah. Or in, well, Omaha and or Kansas City. It's going to be cold that time of year. We I have I never. I 19. That's, we started games in. Oh, and I. We well, started. Uh, did we start in Omaha? We either started in Omaha or in Iowa. Des Moines. Yeah. It's probably in Des Moines. Because remember, that was when so Jake was on the team and he had a bunch of Iowa family. Cubs and and then we went to the Storm Chasers. Yeah. Oh, okay. After. Or flip-flopped. I don't know. But yeah. it was cold. cold. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I've never really been to that part of the country oh, or man. done I, that. So I think I hit the best ball of my life in Omaha in 2019. And it sh- I think StatCat said it should have went like. 445 or something like that but it landed in front of the warning track but you saw the outfielder like looking like looking out over the fence like oh there it goes then he kind of like looked back what happened the wind was blowing in at like 25 miles an hour and it was 33 degrees outside dang (laughs) it was crazy too because i was like rounding for rounding first and like watching it and it came like I hit it like a line drive, but the wind kind of took it up, and then you could see it land with like a trajectory back towards the infield. That's crazy. It, it, yeah, it was. Luckily, the outfielder whipped on it. And I was gonna say I still got awarded a double, <laughs> but it should have been a no doubter homer. Dang, that's crazy. I don't. I don't. I've never. I don't think I've ever heard you talk about that ball. I think that's pretty much it as far as signing with the Royals, thought process, free agency. I mean, yeah, free agency was not weird. I don't want to say that, but, I mean, now we've kind of been through it, so I guess we would kind of know what to expect, but it was... It's probably a little bit weirder if you're a Shohei Otani, Carlos Correa. Okay, of course. And you got all 32 teams, like... (laughs) Nipping at your heels. No, like, no, hey, I know, no. <laughs> but again, 300 million. But again, 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 you say that and I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I'm going to be the realist here and say that that is, even though those are the flashy contracts, those are the flashy things that happen, that is not the majority of MLB. No. That's the tiny, tiny, tiny percentage. And that's what everyone sees. And that makes everyone think that everyone, if you play baseball, that you're a million, a triple, oh, 
multi-millionaire. Whoa, sorry, I got ahead of myself there. Triple millionaire. A triple millionaire. And that is just such a small percentage of how things actually go down. So as as much as I get your joke, I'm just, I want to just throw it out there because, but anyways, I think too, everyone said that it was a really slow um, free agency time and all of that too. So yeah, I won't call this something that weighed into the decision, but a perk of signing with the Royals is that spring training is 20 minutes tops from our house. And we learned that Laney Wilson, Chris Lane, and Dustin Lynch are playing at the Waste Man Bird's Nest, which is the concert of the Waste Management Tournament, the Phoenix Open. Is that what it's called? The Phoenix Open Waste Management? Is that the correct way? The golf tournament, PGA tournament. Is it called a tournament? Why am I second guessing everything that I'm saying today? (laughs) I don't know. Is that what you call is that what you call it? Tournaments? Yeah, golf tournament. Oh. I don't know why for the PGA that didn't sound right. So we had got tickets, but this we got tickets before Matt, it, he even knew where he was going to be. So for the longest time, we were like, oh, he's going to be going to Florida spring training, so he won't even be here. And you're distracting me. Well, that did not weigh into the decision. I said that. Again, you were looking at your phone, so you weren't even listening well, was, to what I was saying. I was looking for a picture when I got drafted by Kansas City. Oh, okay. Well, I prefaced this transition into saying this had nothing to do with the decision, but it was a perk. But you didn't hear that because yeah. you were looking for for a picture. Anyway, so I also we were also wanting to talk about Hardy and his new album, but I kind of want to start by saying like that's why country music is so cool because we went and saw Morgan Wallen in San Diego in beginning of September or August, mm-hmm. and. We had heard of Hardy, but we didn't really know him, know him. Yeah, we knew his big songs. Um, And I think we knew Wait in the Truck, but we didn't really know who Lainey was. And she didn't come out and sing, but Hardy made sure to talk about her in the song and let her part, obviously, just play. And so after that, we started listening... We knew a couple songs, like the Hicks mixtape or whatever. Yeah, Uh, but we didn't really... We didn't let, we didn't know yeah. Spotify or turn on Spotify. Yeah, for sure. So we started really listening to her and really listening to Hardy. And this was before her, um, that's, dump truck. That's went. more than just country music. Usually typically people that are openers, if you're like a music, if you, I don't know, not saying we're music enthusiasts or anything no. like that, but like people that are openers, people are the second act before, you know, the main act comes on stage. It's, I mean, they made it there. No, I know. But I just feel like country music specifically does a really good job of it. Seems like they kind of welcome country or rock. Oh, Hardy. I'm just talking out. I'm talking about we went to see Morgan Wallen. Then we picked up on Hardy. And then because of Hardy, we picked up on Lainey Wilson before Lainey Wilson's dump truck started going viral. And she was on Yellowstone and everyone knew her. We were listening to her before all of that. So that's what I'm saying. Country music does a really good job of. of Don't say we. I was listening to Lainey before. I remember in the night, I was like, I think Lainey is my, uh, one of my favorite country music But you also, trainer. you also, we have different ways of listening to music. You get on a song or someone, <sighs> and that's all you listen to over and over and over again. I can't do that personally. So it's, mm. I wouldn't say I wasn't listening to her like you were. I for sure was listening. And I knew that she was going to be on Yellowstone before it was even 
announced because I had seen it somewhere because I, again, was listening. Yeah. I had listened to a podcast of her. But that wasn't my point. You weren't getting what I was saying. Like, I understand people have openers. Like, Dua Lipa has openers. Whatever. Whoever. Whoever has changed. But it's Meg not. Meg Stallion. <laughs> Meg Stallion. <laughs> but it's not. I don't know. Country just feels different. And maybe I'm just saying that because I'm from a little small town in the south. And all, like, country music always means a little bit more to me because I get it. But I don't know. I feel like country just does a really good job of leading you to other artists that you might not have. And you're right. All genres do that. But country is just more pure. That's the word that I was looking for. Pure. Hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know if I understand the pure comment, but. Anyways. Okay. Well, maybe someone out there understands what I'm saying. Anyways. So we are going to go be able to go and see Laney and Dustin Lynch, who Dustin Lynch has been throwing out hits for years. Like I didn't even realize we've just, obviously I'm very much like if I'm going to go to a concert, I want to be able to sing every single song. That's how concerts are enjoyable to me. Came with me, Jake and Carly to Eric church. I know where, Oh, I was at Erica's wedding, right? Or no, I don't know where you were. I don't know. You just didn't want to go. I think. No, I for sure was not here. But so I like to know every single song and I knew or I know so many Dustin Lynch songs that I don't think I even realized were him. And then obviously Chris Lane, I've liked him for a while and then trying to learn all of Laney's stuff. Probably got all Laney's now. Yeah, for sure. And but so we're going with our neighbors, Dustin and Casey, who have talked about on here a lot. I'm going to have Dustin on soon. I know I've probably said that all the times, but it's going to happen. What about Jake and Carly? Are they, they're going for sure. She wins them on the radio. Oh, is she really? I don't know. Probably. Oh. She wins probably, probably. on the radio. But anyway, so, so Lainey's signature thing, if you don't know her, she wears bell bottoms. And I'm talking like the belliest bell bottoms <laughs> that uh, Boot Barn makes. Except she's what not getting belly? her from. What is that adjective? Belly. It's yeah. not. I just, I was trying to make sure that I was being dramatic with it because she wears a dramatic bell bottom. Mm. So Casey and I went shopping and we had so much fun. And Casey got bell bottoms that have cacti, uh, a horse, a guy that's riding the horse. And mine are just black, but they like the flare of them have fringe. And then it has like little... Um, gold, that's not beads, but it's like gold snaps, snaps, but it's not a snap. I don't, I, Anyways, I gold no buttons, idea. but then it's not a button. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. A gold plate. Medallion. Yeah. All up like the front of them down into the, anyways, they're also super cool. And we got hats and I got boots. And so we were set. We're going to dress like Laney. You have, you have a Laney shirt. Yep. And what else? Oh, like, well, you're going to dress, gonna dress like Hardy. Yeah. Try to at least. I don't have the hair, but I got the black. <laughs> I've got the black glasses, a black hat, black pants, black shirt, I cowboy think, boots. I think the kit pad is like a greenish color, isn't it? But I mean, he wears, Hardy wears more than black hats. We'll find out. Maybe I'll wear the Judah and the Lion hat. Oh, That'd be yeah. a good hat for it. Yeah. Like a graphic tee, black jacket. Yeah. No, it'll be good. Yeah. Dustin's doing the cowboy thing. So you have to say what you came up with. So we'll today. have the caption, 
Party Hardy and the Bell Bottom Girls. <laughs> so, John Party. Dustin does John not Party. look like John Party, but with with the hat and he has to be clean shaven for yeah. the Air Force. Yeah. He looks similar, and John Party we'll is so Hardy. funny. Well, I don't look like Hardy, so you don't. You know, and Casey and I for sure don't look like Laney, and we do not have the butt to even be close to Laney. I probably would, but I'm not wearing <laughs> bell bottoms. Tell us, <laughs> but you're gonna have bell bottom baseball pants, right? Oh. I don't know what that would look like. We could find out. Casey could probably build some. Oh, this is what I was going to say about you signing with the Royals because I think this is a funny little thing. So after every baseball season, I I should say I try to make you clean up like your baseball stuff. And I tr- try to make you get rid of stuff or you, you did a decent job this time. We did donate some stuff and but you there's just so much of it. But you saved a bag, a duffel bag full of cleats. And I was like, why do you need this many cleats? I, like, I, was, I was like, I don't understand. You get new cleats every year. Why would you keep these? And what did you say to me? What if I sign with the team that is blue? And I'm pretty sure I said, how many teams are blue? How likely is this? And there's not that many. But then Dodgers. Mets, Royals. <laughs> but if you were at the Mets, would you have worn blue cleats? The white and blue ones, yeah. Oh, because they they their home jerseys the are white. the white pinstripe, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's true. Anyway, so I just that was so funny after you signed with Gray the Royals. And blue would work, yeah. yeah. And you said, hmm, it's a good thing I saved all those blue cleats. And I'm like, yeah, you're right actually. So moral of that story is. Matt's not going to get rid of any of his baseball things until he's done playing. But you did put some of some of it in the attic finally, so at least it's out of the way. I don't know about the Ronald McDonald yellow from the Padres. <laughs> not saying that I would never sign with the Padres. You never know what will happen. But yeah. But I anyways, think that, so I think they're boiled down to just one team that have. There's only one team that wear, have brown and yellow, so or yeah. brown and gold. Yeah. What do they call it? Uh, gold. They call it gold. Wait, I literally tweeted this at them at the beginning of last mm. season, and I can't remember. Yeah. Anyways, I think it's brown and I think it's gold. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It legitimately doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, but anyways, we were gonna talk about our just one little last thing. I know I got off sidetrack, um, but if you like country music, even if you don't like country music, if you like rock, Hardy's new album is so good. Like the only album that I can ever remember listening to from start to finish and not, I didn't skip one single song and like, I wanted to go back. You have to listen to it from beginning to end because it has a really good story uh, or not a story, but the way it's kind of, well, it's country in the beginning. And then he has a transition song, which is the name of the album, uh, Mockingbird or what is it? The Mockingbird and the Crow, the Mockingbird and the Crow. That's the transition song. Because he's always like rock music too, and he's half of the albums country, half of the albums rock, mm-hmm. like a rock country. Yeah. So that song is in the middle of the album, and so you listen to more not traditional country, like not like, but like modern it's, traditional country. I, guess. I don't know. It's I, not very modern. No, either. because like it's got he, a different style to it. it. Still has somewhat of a rock feel to it, but. Um, and then it transitioned to his like rock, like 
Yeah. But his but the but the countryside of him is still pretty country. Meaning like he wrote a song about how we're all on our screens and he wrote him and Morgan Wallen did a song about um, like small towns and, and people that you grow up with in your small towns that go and fight for the, for our country and all of those different things. And, um, he wrote a song about like country dying and I don't know. He just, the, what I really like about him is you listen and especially this album, it has every single song has so much meaning and that takes so like writing a song like that takes a different side of your brain that I do not have. So I just think it's so interesting. It's definitely very creative, artistic. Yeah. Like that transition. I like the transition song right now. Yeah. And it just makes so much sense. Like it brings the whole album together and he pushes the boundaries on things. Like he seriously has a song. It's called radio on there. And I think the guy that's with him is like a screamo style uh, artist and it is literally dissing country radio. And I think that is, anyways, he just pushes the envelope on things. And I can kind of appreciate someone that does that and kind of just doesn't care. And it's, he just has always stuck to, well, I say that, but we haven't been listening to him for very long. But this album shows how he tries to stick to who he is, what he wants to write, how he wants to use his different artist outlet in different ways that aren't maybe quote mainstream I don't know it's just I I, th- I think it's so good I also had a 10 mile run and I was able to listen to it from top to bottom and it got me through <laughs> through that run but but you okay. like it too so yeah. um okay anything else no all right I think that's it I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and oh there what? is something else what Big day Thursday, oh. or I guess you won't. Oh no, you're gonna post this tonight. Yeah. 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 We have we have our first match of the 23 member member <laughs> four ball. Hopefully, defend the trophy. I don't know. My golf game has gone downhill. You also season. have not played nearly as much, which is like not a bad thing. But golf, you have to play consistently. I just play. Last year, I would go to the range and like try to be better at it yeah. this year i'm just like uh, well you just book needed a tea time and i'll yeah, play yeah it, well and you also needed to get make sure you stayed on top of well i'm also being healthy to, and instead of going to camelback i'm going to right yeah true tempe but anyway so yeah if you're listening to this and you want to send out good vibes and prayers for matt and dustin and their member member four ball tournament the amount of times you've snuck that into this podcast is they are defending champs so that's where the, a little bit of the pressure comes in to Keep it going. Yeah. Keep it up. But anyway, so yeah, that'll be. Well, our seven holes today did not go good for me. No, I, I did. Oh, my. I stopped after what? Hole six. Because which we were only playing nine. But I was shanking it so bad. And I looked at Matt and I was like, I'm done. Because I, if I get to that point where I'm getting mad, I have to stop myself. Because that's all I'm going to remember is how mad I got the last time we went out and played. And I'm not going to want to go play again. So I just cut it off right there and be like, you know what, Jess, it's fine. You're just doing this to have fun. You're not having fun. So just sit in the cart and hang out, enjoy all the mountains around you and it'll be, it'll all be fine. Yep. All right, you guys. Well, I hope anything that we explained kind of made sense. And if it didn't, well, I'm sorry. I'll try to do better next time. And as always, if you will like share this with your friends, rate, review, all of the things and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.